Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words and don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked and keep your feet from following evil. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Laura. Uh, it is an absolute joy to be with you this evening. Uh, I am the wife of Andy, who's the assistant pastor. Uh, you'll see him if you're in Hells Owen uh, on a Sunday, walking around looking very focused. Uh, I get the honour of doing life with him, uh, which is an absolute joy. And tonight, what I want to talk to you about uh, is actually going to bring shame on my parents. Uh, for some of you guys, uh, I will be a huge disappointment to you. I can only apologise uh, ahead of time. Um, for some of you guys, even online maybe, you, you may be watching and thinking that you'd like to offer me advice. Uh, I want to tell you right now it's really not worth it. Uh, I'm a lost cause. But some of you will completely understand what I'm talking about. This evening, I want to talk to you about gardening. But I need to say, from, from the off, I'm horrendous at gardening. Like, I'm really, really bad. And so what I want to talk to you about this evening is gardening, but I need to be clear that it is certainly not my strength. Um, I want to talk about gardening because uh, I believe that when, what is in your garden is your responsibility. This, ladies and gentlemen, is my garden. Uh, I'm going to confess to you that I took this picture just after I'd weeded it, tidied it, and shown the hedges in my garden. Uh, not, I didn't do that because of this photo, but I was certainly an opportunist. I knew I was going to use this picture and thought, right, sack this off and taking it now so I look good. Um, so I, this is my garden. And you will see that my garden like, edges onto lots of other people's gardens. I reckon there are about eight houses that can see into my garden. And so uh, if I'm honest, 50, mm, tell the truth, 70% of the reason that I do my garden is because all my neighbours can see into it and I want to appear like a functioning adult to those people. So I try my best to keep my garden intact for no other reason than that. But what I have learned is that my garden is my responsibility. Uh, I have this fence that goes around the outside of my garden, and these are my boundaries. And I know that anything that sits within the boundaries of my garden, I have to deal with. Even in my home, uh, Andy is amazing. He does loads of jobs around the house. He is much tidier than I am much more organised than I am. But when it comes to plants in the garden, I know that he has washed his hands of that. And so if I want the garden and the plants to look nice, I'm not good at it, but it's my responsibility to sort that out. Um, and tonight, I want to talk a little bit about, I guess, my garden and your garden as a metaphor for the state of our hearts. If, uh, if you've been around church for, for a little while, whether you're in the room or watching online, you may have heard this, the phrase, like, life between the trees. It's a lovely, lovely phrase. Um, and essentially what that means is that we are living now in a season of, of kind of tension, that the, the whole earth began, the story of the Bible begins in a garden with a tree. 
And, uh, and from that place, everything else comes. Uh, from, from that place, from that garden, the overspill from that garden fills the earth. The things that happened in the core, in the heart of that garden had an effect on the whole of humanity. And then at the end of time, it talks about another tree, a tree in a city. And we are living in between these two trees now. And even tonight, you will get a sense of um, life is complicated, really complicated, a whole lot of... I can see where things need to be, but they're not yet there. Not there yet. I, I can think even in the last couple of days of countless friends who have had health diagnoses or, or, or health traumas come through. Uh, youth friends of mine who are youth pastors with young people missing in their youth groups. Loads of different stuff going on where we know that we're not there yet. We've not got the full picture of what God is doing yet. And still, I believe that God says to us what he said in Genesis 2.15. In the Garden of Eden, it says, in Genesis 2.15, the Lord God placed man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. In the chaos of our lives, God still asks us, take responsibility for the garden of your heart. In the chaos, there's often very little that we can change. But what we can do is keep watch over our boundaries and really care for what God has called us to steward. The reason I believe that's important, in Luke 6, 5, it says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. And what is in your heart, the things that are in that space, the things that you process, that is where you see your world from. That is where you respond to your world from. This is in the Garden of Eden, if we think back to the beginning of creation, this is where humanity walked with God. That happens in the space of your heart. And so whether you're listening to this online, whether you're in the room, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, I honestly believe that tonight, the things I want to share in the next few minutes just make sense. You don't have to follow Jesus to, to buy into what I'm saying. I think it's just truth. And so please lean in, even if you're not quite sure in terms of where you're at with Jesus. Um, I want to talk tonight specifically about four areas, and I'll dwell on some longer than others, where I believe we can be particularly watchful over the garden of our hearts. And the first one of those, I want to talk about mini-beasts. Um, now, mini-beasts are maybe slugs, frogs, spiders, snails, things that you come across in your garden that suddenly appear. You'll lift up a rock or a leaf, and all of a sudden there's something there which looks, if I'm honest, quite unpleasant. Um, but you know you've got to deal with it. You've got to make a decision about whether you're happy with that thing being in your garden or not. Uh, now, these mini-beasts, what's important is that some of them are actually, they don't look great, but they're good for your garden. Uh, they will be helpful, they will do things and cultivate things, but some of these mini-beasts are not as helpful for your garden, and it's really important that we quickly determine which is which. So, for example, um, a mini-beast that might not look appealing but might be helpful uh, is a difficult word from a friend. When a friend comes up to you and says something to you that's really hard to hear, and your first reaction is like looking a frog in the face and going, oh, and then you go, oh... Do you know, actually, if I, if I make a home for that word in my heart for a little while, maybe some good could come of it. I don't like it, not comfortable with it. Sorry for frog lovers. Um, but do you know what? I just wonder whether they're onto something. But equally, there will be some mini-beasts that appear in your life which aren't as helpful. Unexpected criticism, um, disappointment. Maybe 
a sudden circumstance where it almost feels like someone's just lifted up the fence on the boundary line of your garden and you're flooded with mini beasts all around you and you've all of a sudden got to work out all these feelings and emotions, all these things going on and you've got to determine which of these is healthy and which isn't. And it's really important to determine what is healthy in your responses to stuff because if you make a home for the wrong mini beasts, you're in big trouble. Um, when I was younger, uh, my, da well, my dad is, is amazing at gardening. Uh, he has tried, really tried to get me to be good at gardening. He even bought me a book by Alan Titchmarsh on how to garden. If you don't know Alan Titchmarsh, he's worth a Google or a YouTube. You're in for a treat. I actually pre-Googled it just to check what you'd see. Fourth most asked question, I wasn't going to say this. Fourth most asked question about Alan Titchmarsh, is he married? The answer is yes, ladies, in 1975. So, you know, take that away from this evening, if nothing else. Um, but I, I'm not good at gardening. My dad's amazing. I love being in the garden. I love nice gardens. I would spend most of my life outside if I could. Um, but I remember being in the garden when I was little and my dad calling me over and he'd found some frogs in the garden. And uh, there's a, there was a garden next to ours that had a pond and what he built what we called a frog hotel. Uh, it was in, essentially, it was like some slates like piled together where these little frogs could live. And every few weeks, we'd check on our frog hotel and there'd be more frogs there and we'd have a great time. We decided that these were mini beasts we wanted and could bring value to our garden. Um, but there are mini beasts you don't want. Little slugs or snails that are going to eat away at that. Actually, the things in your garden that, that are meant to bring, be life, meant to bring life, the plants that you want to stay, will munch away at the leaves. And uh, I want to tell you, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories, and I don't look good in any of them. Um, one story, uh, when I was younger, much younger, like real young, too, far too young for you to blame me for this, by the way, um, I used to go around to someone's house uh, when I was very little, and they had a few kids, uh, and it was a rainy, when it was a rainy day, it's hard to know what to do with kids, and so what this family decided, and by the way, don't bother emailing in to complain about this story. I agree with whatever you're going to say. I would have written that email myself, so just don't worry about it. Uh, they would give each of us as kids spades. And the game was, when it rains, throw as many slugs over the fence as you possibly can. Now, the parents had worked out, these are not mini-beasts you want in your garden. These mini-beasts eat the good stuff. So us as kids, uh, I would not condone this now. I am a huge fan of animals. Um, we, we got slugs and we just threw them over the fence someone else's problem. And we keep count and the winner got a prize. Um, but they worked out that there are certain things that you do not want in your garden because if you leave them there, they're going to be destructive. And if we make a home for the wrong thing, that's a real problem. And how we determine which are the right mini beasts and which are the wrong ones really come down to vision. You see, the vision, you having the vision that Jesus has for your heart and your life, you knowing where Jesus wants you to be heading, what your heart and your life and what Jesus' heart looks like is really important. In the proverb uh, that we just read, in 4 verses 25 and 26, it says, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path and don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. You know, when we know who we're called to be, it's much easier to determine who we're not supposed to be. We spot those mini-beasts and we go, Do you know what, that, that unforgiveness, that bitterness, that thing there, that response, that fear, that that sudden situation's created, I, I don't want that. And I can think of situations in my own life where I've received words from people that are actually really hurtful, um, criticisms of who I am. And I go, do you know what, I, I don't believe that that is who I am or who Jesus 
says I am. So no, I'm not, I'm not making a home for that. And I just wonder whether for some of us, we have made home for mini beasts where we never should have. And what can happen when we make homes for the wrong kind of mini beasts is that we end up putting these mini beasts in somebody else's garden. Again, a story where I don't come out of it looking good. I can only apologize. I'm being honest with you. Um, a number of years ago, before I lived in the house that I live in now, uh, I lived in a different house. And uh, in that house, we got broken into. Uh, we got broken into by people who lived three doors down from us. And um, I didn't know what to do with that. I've got to be honest. These people hopped over on their fence, went into our house, took all my stuff, went back to their house, had a nice time. Well, one of them went to prison. He didn't have a great time. But uh, I didn't know what to do with that. Like, I genuinely didn't know. I was much worse. I'm not brilliant at confrontation now, but I was much worse than I am now. And I didn't know how to handle that sudden situation that I found myself in and all of those emotions. So do you know what I did? Please don't write in. I, um, every, uh, every time I found a slug, or a snail, or a spider, I went and put it in their front garden, and I thought that would teach them. <laughs> Honestly, that's what I did, I promise you. Every time in my house I found a little mini beast, I went and put it in their front garden. And I knew they wouldn't care, but it made me feel better. And you know what, I laugh about it. But this literally is what happens to us. If we let the wrong stuff stay in our hearts, then what ends up happening is we take our stuff, our mini beasts, and we make it somebody else's problem, and then they have to decide what to do with it. The second thing, I'm going to keep it moving. My plants are not that long, I promise. The second thing that I believe we need to keep an eye on in our garden is creepers. Now, creepers are things that grow slowly, but given time will inhabit the space of your garden. Jesus talks about this uh, in the Bible. He talks about a time when seeds are planted and, and, and the seed represents the things that God wants to do in your life. But over time, creepers come in and they choke those seeds. So in Matthew 13 verse 7, it says, Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Creepers are things that grow slowly, but given the chance will choke life. Um, I've got creepers in my garden. I've got some of these plants. And uh, sometimes you don't know where they're coming from, but they will wrap themselves around things and they will grow slowly and you won't notice them. And then all of a sudden, something that was thriving is being killed by this thing that will wrap itself around what has life. Uh, this is a bush in my garden. Um, it actually isn't the bush it looks like. Now, this, this, on this side of my garden and on the other side of the garden, I have this plant. And it's coming from somebody else's garden. And what it does is it comes in and just grows over everything else. And I'll pull it all out. And a few weeks later, I'll go back down to the bottom of the garden. And I'll think, oh, well, that's back and everywhere. And I'll have to spend all my time pulling that out again. And if we're not careful, if we're not observant, there are things in our lives that will act as creepers and attack the garden of our hearts, maybe habits habits of how we use our phone or our email or social media, jokes that we make, drinking habits. Maybe it's attitudes, an attitude of cynicism, of mistrust, passiveness, resentment, judgment. Maybe it's influence, negative relationships, toxic cultures that you spend your time in and very slowly these creepers just make their way around the stuff in your life that brings life and is life and chokes them out. Now, what's interesting is that these creepers didn't start in my garden. They just made their way into my boundaries. And so often you'll look at things that are creepers and go, yeah, well, that wasn't my fault. 
That, that culture isn't my fault. The fact that I don't trust people, that's not my fault because that happened to me. Do you know what? Just because it isn't your fault doesn't make it your... Just because it isn't your fault doesn't mean it's not your responsibility to deal with when it's in your boundaries. And so what are some of our creepers? As we deal with these creepers, what I learned <laughs> from my dad was that you can't just hope to pull the leaves out and that they'll go away. They've got roots. And so my dad sent me a link to this stuff I've got to put on the leaves and that will actually kill the root. And so as we spend our time pulling out the leaves, what we need to get to is the root of that thing, to examine it. Why is it that every time that person gets like that, I get like this? The fact that they get like that isn't my fault, but my reaction to them is my responsibility. What's the root of some of these creepers? And if we look at our root and we say, yeah, well, that's not me, that's them. That's, that's my family member. That's my, I don't know, my colleague. Guys, we're better than that. Don't just point the finger somewhere else when there's stuff in your boundaries. Deal with the stuff that's your responsibility. And so what are some of the roots that you need to deal with to stop that thing from growing? My last two points are much quicker, I promise. Um, my next point is actually so obvious, I'm not going to spend much time on it. Um, what you water in your garden will grow. Fairly obvious, um, so obvious, but not necessarily always intentional. I have a great strategy for watering in my garden, rain. If it gets rained on, it gets watered. And that actually includes in my house. So for anybody who's ever given me a house plant, I'm going to be honest, it's dead. I'm really sorry, it doesn't rain in my house, so it doesn't get watered. Um, as an absolutely lovely lady in this church who... who um, who came and comes and cleans our house. And uh, I've, I've come into her cleaning and she was watering the plants in my house. And I was thinking, how are these still alive? I thought I got my strategy right. It turns out it wasn't me that was watering the plants. It was, it was Emily and she's an absolute hero. Um, Emily, I'm sorry, they are dead now. Uh, I'll try and replace them for next time you come. Um, but if we're not intentional about what we water, then everything grows. Weeds, creepers, the lot. And so what is it that you are maybe unintentionally watering in your life? What are the surroundings where you spend most of your time watering it in you? Your workplace, what does that grow in you? Your friendship group, what does that grow in you? Your family environment, the people who influence you most, your five closest people, what do those people grow in you? And if you're really honest, and please do be honest, do you spend enough time with Jesus for him to actually influence what grows in your garden? Or is your garden a little bit like mine, where it looks pretty good because you know people are looking in on it? But that's not to do with influence or what you're intentionally watering, that's just more about wanting to look good. Final thing, I want to talk about landscaping. See, when you're not attentive to what is in your garden, or you suddenly have a wake-up call or a change of circumstance, we can suddenly realise that what is in our heart isn't fit for purpose. That some of the stuff in there is not stuff that God can use. Not a part of who God is wanting you to become or, or who you're intended to be. And it's here in this space where your vision for who God is calling you to be needs to be really, really clear. Because you can see where you're going, you can see where God wants to take you, but you're secure enough to say, do you know what, I'm, I'm not there yet. Some work needs to be done. Uh, for us, uh, in our home, we've had a, a bit of a change of circumstance in the last few months, and uh, our garden was great for 10 years, 
great, we've lived in our house about that long, it's been absolutely fine. But now we've got a change of circumstance, we've realised that what we have in our garden is no longer fit for the purpose that we need it for. And I just wonder whether for some of us, you know what God's wanting to do, but if you're honest with where your heart's at, you're not there yet. And so I have been calling landscapers in the last few weeks. Because I know the size of what needs to be done in my garden is way, I mean, watering plants is beyond my ability, but it's way beyond my ability. I don't have the skill set, I don't have the tools, I don't have the knowledge, the resource, the strength. And so I need somebody to come in who knows what they're doing. It might be for you that it's something that needs to shift in your garden or a circumstance that needs to shift. And so what you need to do is get someone in who knows what they're doing, someone who creates gardens, Someone who loves and created your heart. In Psalm 51, it says, Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now, let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. What I love about that is it's not just, I'll obey you. I'm a step further back than that. Make me willing to, like, make me at least just want to do the right thing. And I wonder whether for some of us, we need to return to the gardener, return back to that place of Eden, that garden from where everything else comes from. And as I was praying tonight, I felt like some of you needed to hear that your heart is safe with him. That maybe there are desires in your heart. Maybe there is brokenness in your heart. Maybe there are things that have been going on in your life in the room or online where you think, can I, can I trust him with even this? With this person? With this circumstance? With this mini beast? With this creeper? God is a good God. And he is always good. And he gave his life for you. You can trust your heart to him. In a second, we're, uh, we're going to go into communion. So if you are at home uh, and you have kind of your bread and juice or whatever with you, then now's the time to reach for it. If you're in the room, good luck. See you on the other side with the plastic cups. Um, <clears throat> but in all seriousness, as we uh, navigate this together, um, I'd love to just... Take these moments for maybe of you to have a bit of an assessment of the garden of your heart. Maybe for some of us, we've got mini beasts. We've had all of a sudden things happen, circumstances. Um, we find ourselves in, in unexpected and unfamiliar territory and there are mini beasts everywhere. And we need to work out what to do with some of those. Words that have been spoken over us circumstances that we're terrified of, that we're waiting on, huge uncertainty. And mini beasts are attached to some of those. What are we going to make a home for? And what are we going to say no? Mm -mm. Not, not in my garden, not over my boundaries. This, this isn't the garden that God's got for me. Maybe some of us tonight need to think about some creepers some ongoing stuff in our lives that we return to again and again. And we know that every time we take our eye off that thing, it just chokes life, unforgiveness, rage, cynicism, distrust, toxic relationships. 
Maybe for some of us, we need to be a bit more intentional about what we're watering and a bit more honest about what the people that we surround ourselves and the cultures we surround ourselves in. For some of us, there may be some stuff going on right now that you are just this going on in my heart. This thing that I'm wrestling with, it's too big. I can't, this isn't weeding. This is like mega. God, I need you to do what I can't hear. And maybe for some of you tonight watching this, you're great. <laughs> maybe you're fine. You're sitting here going, oh gosh, this sounds quite negative. And you know what? If you're great, enjoy your garden. Go for a walk with Jesus. Take some time in communion to remember how good he is and how much he loves you. I'm going to read this psalm. And then we're going to take communion together. And Dan and the guys are going to come back up and we're going to spend a few minutes worshipping and then we're going to spend some time thinking about what God might want to do, both in the room and online. And so, readying your communion. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life.